0: All right, guys, we're going to finish up today, uh, chapter 11. Remember, this is chapter 9, 10, and 11. We're kind of a side, distracted conversation that Paul launched into concerning Israel and the sovereignty of God, about God's choice. But actually, in reality, it fits right in with this whole discussion about salvation. Because remember, that's what the the book of Romans is about, is about salvation. And so I want you to understand that when we talk about salvation, we're talking about God's sovereign choice in that. Now, I want to set some of you free here, okay? I want to set some of you free here. And and here's what I want to set you free with. Sometimes, how many of you have ever shared the gospel with somebody and had them reject you? Okay, most of us have, okay. How'd you feel about that? Okay, Tim, like I did something wrong? All right, anybody else? Did I do it right? Anybody else? Did I say the right things? Or I'm not worthy, I shouldn't have... You know, it's so many things you get defeated. You think you're the reason why, isn't that what we do? You think you're the reason why... It didn't work. It didn't work, okay? Here's what I want you to understand. Nowhere in the Bible does it give you the responsibility to save people. Whose responsibility is it to save people? God, it's the Holy Spirit's. What is your responsibility? Yeah, just be a witness to the reality of Jesus Christ. And they respond to that. See... You gotta quit owning it. So, like, for instance, I was interesting. I was thinking about a professor that I had when I was at Liberty uh, in the early years of Liberty. He uh, he was had been a missionary to North Africa for fifteen years and worked with Muslims. And so I was thinking about him, and I remembered something he said to me. He said, "When you work in North Africa among Muslim people," People are not just dropping off, they're not coming to Christ like apples dropping off a tree. You know, they're not coming to Christ like that. They're, they, it takes time, and you may never see any fruit. And he said, I worked there for 15 years, never saw any fruit. You know what, he said, you know what kept me from going insane? What kept me from going insane? He said the sovereignty of God in the process of salvation that's what kept him from going insane and so you need to understand that your task in sharing is to simply be a witness it's god who saves do you know what i'm saying you be a witness to the reality of salvation you know now the problem is is that for years our churches and even this church we made a big deal out of somebody quote leading somebody to jesus You know what? We should have made a big deal out of people coming to Jesus, not the one who was the instrument. Do you understand? And the reason why is this, because the Bible very clearly says that some will sow, some will water, and some will what? Reap. Everybody has a part in the process. Did you understand what I'm saying? And, And they figure now that the average person needs exposed to the gospel at least 15 times before he even comes to the place of making a decision. Fifteen times. So what if you're the first three of the fifteen? Do you, do, you do you have a part in the process? Yeah. It's not the number fifteenth guy. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's the God who led them there. So that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about God's sovereignty. And that's what we've been looking at here in chapters 9, 10, and 11. You say, well, what's how's that supposed to set me free? Listen, you just need to be a witness. Whether they respond or not to your witness is not you. Do you understand me? You just need to be a witness. Witness to what? A witness about what Jesus, and who he is, and what he's doing in your life. That's the reality. So, let's look today. We're going to talk about God's mercy. We're going to look at verses 16 through 32 of chapter 11. And first thing he's going to talk about are olive branches, and that's what we're going to see in verses 16 through 24. All right, let's look there, verse 16 through 24. For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy, and if the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off, and you being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them, and with them became partakers of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. Do not boast against the branches. If you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well said, because of the unbelief they were broken off. And you stand by faith. Do not be haughty But fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. Therefore consider the goodness and the severity of God on those who fell severely, but towards you goodness. And if you continue in his goodness, otherwise you will also be cut off. And they also, if they had not continued in unbelief, will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in in again. And if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to the nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, who are natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? Okay, so he's going to talk about olive trees. And here the olive tree, which is true throughout the scripture, represents Israel. Israel. The olive tree represents Israel. Now, why am I making a big point out of that? Because there's a book out there. There's a lot of there's a lot of new prophecy type books out there, the Harbinger, different things that make a big deal out of the olive tree and trying to tie that to the two towers. Bogus. The olive tree here is Israel. Has nothing to do with America. Okay, so we just want to make, make, make more here. So what do, what is he talking about here? Well, we're going to talk about God's mercy and the issue of the olive tree. So, Israel is still holy and their stumbling is only temporary. This is the point he's wanting to make here. Israel is still holy and their stumbling is only temporary. Now, let me just stop for a moment. Somebody will say, well man, I'm watching the news and I'm looking at the injustice that's going on in the Palestine right now and it, Israel's not always doing right there, George. How can they be holy? Listen, their holiness has nothing to do with their actions. Their holiness has to do with God's choice of them, do you understand what I'm saying? So let me just stop for a moment. If you want to, an illustration of what I'm talking about, just think about you. The Bible says you're holy. Okay, are you? Are you holy? No, positionally, positionally you're holy, right? Positionally you're holy, but but in actions, what? No. See what I'm saying? Positionally, Israel is considered holy still to God. And yes, they've stumbled. Yes, they've rejected the Messiah. But here's what Paul's point Paul's wanting to make here. Their rejection is only what? Temporary. Temporary. Now, it's been going on for 2,000 years, so you understand in God's, God's timing, temporary is not like our temporary, okay? All right, let's go on. Some branches, Israel, were broken off, but wild branches, Gentiles, are grafted in. So, some of the branches were broken off. Alright, some of the branches were broken off, but some of them, wild branches, wild olive tree branches were grafted in. Now who's that? That's Gentiles. Do you understand? Because of their rejection, they were broken off, they were rejected. But in the midst of this olive tree, new branches are being grafted in. That's who? That's you and I, folks. You're a wild olive branch. And you were grafted into this tree to share in what he says is the the blessings and the fatness of the root. Do you understand? You were grafted in. All right? So we understand that. So the grafted Branches now partake in the blessing. You now partake in the blessings of Israel. Does everybody understand that? It's not like they were taken away from Israel and given to you instead. No, you are able to share in the blessings. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're now able to share in the blessings because you've been grafted into the root. He goes on here and he says this. Now here's the warning. And this is a warning that people need to pay attention to today. Paul warns his Gentile readers against bragging against unbelieving Israel. Man, this is going on today in Christian circles, some denominations, where it's like God's done with them. It's us. God's focus is the church. Because the church is primarily made of what? Gentiles. And it's like God's rejected them, and we're bragging against Israel. And Paul's warning his readers, don't brag against them. Simply because they're, 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 they're struggling right now. They're, in, they're temporarily blind. They've rejected. They're being cast off as only temporary. Here's what you need to understand. Okay, I want everybody to understand this. The state that Israel is in right now, spiritually, is part of God's plan for Israel. You want to write that down? You can't. The state of where Israel is spiritually is part of God's plan for Israel. Do you understand what I'm saying? And because of that plan, He now allows you and I to enter into the blessings. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we have no reason to brag. We should just be thankful that in His plan... He decided that during this time, you and I could respond. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because without him reaching out to us, where would we be going? Hell. Do you understand? Because that's where the destiny of Gentiles were. All right? So, he warns his readers against bragging against unbelieving Israel. He said, it's true that their fall allowed for the salvation of the Gentiles. Look, we understand that. If it wasn't for the fact... That the Jews rejected the Messiah. There would be no salvation for us. Do you understand what I'm saying? There would be no salvation. It's true. We understand that. We understand. It's true that their fall allowed for the salvation of the Gentiles. Now, here's what he says. It should produce fear in our lives rather than pride. But here's what I want you to see now. Back up. This is the point Paul's making here. Look what it says. This should produce fear in you rather than pride. See, if you understand the sovereignty of God in the whole issue of salvation, you got nothing to be sitting there tooting your horn about. It's just pure grace that you and I are saved. Do you understand that? It is pure grace. We deserve to go to hell just as much as anybody else in this town. Do you understand me? The fact that we came to an understanding of Jesus and put our faith in him is because of the grace of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not because we were smarter. It's not because somebody made the right presentation. It's because we came to that conclusion God was working in our heart. Do you understand you don't come to Jesus unless God works in your heart to bring you there? No one comes to the Father, Jesus said, unless the, what, the Spirit draws them. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it should produce in you a what? Fear rather than pride. Okay? Fear rather than pride. Let's go on. If God does not spare the natural branches of Israel, he will not spare us either. What? Hey, look. You know, I've been a believer now 30 plus years. And in my early years, I was in the Baptist church, and, you know, we we talked a lot about eternal security, and that was almost like the excuse to go be able to go do what you want to do because Jesus saved you. And so you can do whatever you want to now. Well, I believe in eternal security, but I believe in eternal security because of God, not because of me. Do you understand? But I want you to understand something. Paul also says you got to be fearful because he will take you to the woodshed. Do you not think that the same God who would cast off Israel now for the moment because of their sin won't do that with you? Whatever that means. Don't you understand that we need to be fearful of the holy God? Here's what's happened over the years. We've made God so much into a Bubba. What do you mean a Bubba? Well, Bubba is like the guy I can go fishing with, or the guy I can go hunting with, or the guy I can have coffee with. That's a Bubba. He's so much my friend that we've forgotten his holiness and his sovereignty. And we've forgotten to fear him, especially when we recognize, man, you cannot read the Old Testament and not fear God. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, seriously. Seriously. I mean even King David, holy cow, when you look at what he went through, do, do you understand what I'm saying? So here's what he's saying here. God did, if God did not spare the natural branches, the natural branches again are what? part of the uh, part of Israel, do you think he's going to spare us the wild olive ones? Let's look, go on now. look with me. We need to consider the nature of God as he punishes and blesses. You need to keep this in the forefront of your mind. It's God who, what? Punishes and blesses. Here's the thing. I'm going to make this point. Maybe you want to write this down. Here's what we've forgotten. We, 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 We understand the blessings that God blesses. That's what we want, right? Here's what we've forgotten. We've forgotten that God also punishes. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, I'm not talking about hell. I'm not talking about hell. I'm talking about correction. What do you mean, correction? Well, unless you grew up in a home where anything could go, and there are homes like that today, If you grew up in a home like where I grew up, you knew there was a consequence. Did you know what I'm saying? Now, did that mean my dad didn't love me? No. Did that mean I wasn't any less a canon? No. It meant that if I messed up, you know what I'm saying, there were blessings with being a canon, but there were also what? Punishments. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is what we've forgotten, that God deals with us if we go astray. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the point he's making here is, you know, you and I need to, uh, we need to consider the nature of God as he punishes and blesses. Now, Israel will be grafted back into the tree by God when she comes back to faith. Israel will be grafted back into the tree by God when she comes back to faith. Well, when will that be, George, Daniel tells us, when she's almost obliterated. which is almost wiped out by the Antichrist. Let's go on. The reality, if God would graft graft wild branches in, how much more will he graft in the natural branches? If he would show us grace, how much more will he show grace to Israel, his chosen? The apple of his eye. Do you understand? All right, now let's look. 25 through 32. He's going to talk about mercy on everyone. Look with me at verse 25. For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion that the blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come. So all Israel will be saved as it is written. The deliverer will come out of Zion. He will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them. I will take away their sins. Concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But concerning election, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. And as you once, as you were once disobedient to God, yet you have obtained mercy through their disobedience. Even so, These also have been disobedient, that through mercy shown to you they may obtain mercy. For God has committed to them all to disobedience, that he might have mercy on all. Oh, the depth and the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? And who has become his counselor? And who has first given to him and it shall be repaid to him. All right, so let's talk about God's mercy on all. Paul doesn't want them to be ignorant of this mystery, or they'll be proud of their own opinions. And this is what's going on. He doesn't want us to have a misunderstanding of what's going on right now. What's going on right now, George? Well, right now, salvation is available to who? Everybody. Why? Why? Because the Jews, what, rejected the Messiah. Now, he wants you to understand this so that you don't get proud about your own opinions of it. And that's what's going on today in a lot of theological circles and a lot of denominations. He doesn't want them to be ignorant of this mystery. Israel is in partial blindness until the fullness, or the actual word there means, the full number of the Gentiles has come. All right, so you want to know how long this partial blindness is going to take place? It's until the fullness of the Gentiles, which actually means the actual translation is full number of the Gentiles. Anybody got a clue what that means? Yep, until the last Gentile is saved. Until the full number is complete. So, can I I talk to you? You know what we need to do? Can I be honest with you? Quit listening to somebody on TV telling you that this blood moon told you this. And part of that salvation is going on in the tribulation as well. Well, yeah, because that's going to be in the tribulation, and you're going to have people who are following after. You understand? In the tribulation there are Gentiles who come to Christ. Revelation tells us, shows us a picture of multitudes from tribes, languages giving praise in their tribulation martyrs. There are people who get saved in a tribulation. But until the full number of Gentiles is saved, at that point the blindness is removed from Israel and they'll understand. That takes place in the tribulation. Alright, now listen to me. I don't I need you to listen to me. You have got to be a man and woman of the word so that you do not buy into some preacher every time something new happens in the Middle East, like that's telling you what's going on. If you know the word of God, you will understand we're not in the tribulation right now. How do I know that? Because Daniel very clearly tells us that the 70th week begins when the Antichrist makes a peace treaty with who? Israel. Now, is, anybody here, is there a peace treaty going on with Israel right now? So why am I wasting my time listening to these doofuses on, on the radio and on the TV and buying their books? Do you understand what I'm saying? Save your money. Go take somebody out that you love to eat somewhere. Do you understand with that same amount of bucks? You know what I'm saying? Seriously, it's not worth it. Because the reality is, look, Israel is in part, it's all about Israel. Do you understand me? Israel is in partial blindness until who comes to Christ? Until a certain number of people come to Christ. Here's another one. Seriously, come on. America's turning upside down. You don't like it. All right, well, get a grip on it. Nobody ever promised you that life was going to be the same way all the time. And it doesn't point to the end coming back. You want to know what points to the end coming back? How about 5,000 people groups in the world who do not have a Christian among them? 5,000 people groups who do not have a Christian among them who need to hear about Jesus. 5,000. This verse tells me until the full number. Sounds like we've got a lot of work to do, don't we? See, this is what I'm saying. We've got to be people of the Bible. And we've got to understand that. So Israel is in partial blindness until the full number of the Gentiles has come. Paul proclaims that when the time comes, Israel will be saved. All Israel will be saved. When the time comes, those who are there will be saved. That's what he's talking about. All right? Let's go on. Paul confirms this by quoting Isaiah that the deliverer will come. Listen, Israel will almost be wiped out, but you know what? There's somebody that loves them so much that he won't let that happen. Who is it? Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus, he will come back. Hey, you know what? Somebody says, oh, Jesus is coming back soon. Hey, you know what? Israel's still doing pretty good on its own right now, isn't it? Nobody messes with Israel. But they're going to be... A, they need a deliverer to come get them. And during the tribulation, the Antichrist will unleash all everything against them and almost obliterate them. And their only hope for salvation is from who? Jesus, from God. you understand? This is what Paul's getting at here. Currently, Israel is an enemy to the gospel. Everybody recognize that? I mean, we. we everybody understand... Israel right now is an enemy to the gospel. But they are beloved in the reality of election. They're still God's God's chosen. He still loves them. I mean, you and I understand that, right? You and I understand it. Have you ever seen in your family unit, you've got somebody that's not doing right? And you reject what they're doing, but your heart still goes out to them. You still love them, and you're just longing for them to come back. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is the the heart of God towards Israel. So God's gifts and calling cannot be revoked. You've got to understand. This is why I believe in eternal security. He can't take away his promises for you. And he can't revoke them, no matter how bad you mess up. Because, I mean, do you want to talk about somebody who's messed up, Israel's messed up, haven't they? Now, we can't be haughty about that. Because guess who's the one who taught them to be that way? We, the Gentiles, okay? But the fact of the matter is, Paul's making the point here is that his calling and his blessings are irrevocable. God does not take them away. Do you understand? Here's the thing. Just as we Gentiles who have been diso- who were disobedient have been saved, so too will disobedient Israel. At some point, disobedient Israel will get saved as well. In God's purposes, all have been bound to sin that, so that He can ha- show His mercy on all. That's talking about Israel. They're bound. They're, they're locked into this state of disbelief and rejection of God. The true God. So that salvation could be available to who? All of us. Okay? Paul praises God for his wisdom and the reality that no one can instruct him. Nobody can teach God. He's the one who's in control. He's the one who's in control. And then finally, Paul praises God for the reality that all things belong to him. All things belong to him. And you and I need to grasp that.